Hello, everyone. Welcome once again to the Watch That Drone podcast. As always, my name is Mary. And I'm James. So, yeah, uh, happy belated Christmas. New Year's is around the corner. So yep, yep. happy New Year's as well. Um, Did you say your name, James? Yeah, absolutely. Said my name. I didn't remember if I cut you off. Happy or not. holidays. Happy holidays. Everyone. Listen, uh, so today we will be reviewing The Color Purple. And um, as you know, this film was originally a book written by Alice Walker, then became a movie directed by Steven Spielberg, then became a Broadway musical. And the movie that we are reviewing is the film adaptation of the Broadway musical of the same name, The Color Purple. Yes. So The Color Purple, Alice Walker wrote the book in 1983. 1982, isn't it? Uh, I thought you said three. But um, it was she was the first black woman to win a Pulitzer Prize. Oh, wow. Which is a big deal, um, especially back in the 80s. Um, So, yeah, we before going to the theaters, we actually rewatched the original movie. We did. The Color Purple. And uh, it's. Yes. 1982. 82. Okay, She won a Pulitzer in 82. She won a Pulitzer in 83. What? Yeah, she w- the book was in 1982. She won the Pulitzer in 83. That's probably why you got mixed up. Okay. Yeah. Okay. But no, the the original movie with Whoopi Goldberg, obviously. Whoopi the Goldberg as Seeley, um, Oprah, Oprah Winfrey as Sophia, as Sophia um, Danny Glover as Mr. Yep. Uh, yep. Who else? Who else? I'm not sure. Who, I'm not sure who who named uh, who, who played Shug. Who played Avery. Shug. Yeah, no. Yeah. But it was a lot of good names, big names, and the movie obviously is a masterpiece. And uh, but let me tell y'all, we I was not excited to do this film. I've said it before, and I'll say it again. I've always kind of hated the color purple. <laughs> like I acknowledge that it is a very good film. Like the pacing. The storytelling, the emotion that it invokes, the performances of the actors, A1. But it is so depressing. It's heavy. It's heavy. And I think the reason why it's heavy is because it could easily be true. It is true. It is true for a lot of different people. Unfortunately, even still today, you know, being a black woman, especially in the early 20s, in the early 19, not even in the early 1900s yeah yeah it it's a horrific time y'all so a lot of horrific things happen in the movie and i just would always wonder why do people call this a beloved film beloved by who (laughs) sadist (laughs) who who, like like i said i can acknowledge it's a very good film the storytelling is there the performances is there the cinematography is there it's just my god i feel so bad as i'm watching this movie yeah but at the same time Right. There are other movies that are critically acclaimed that talk about tragic, like tragedies. And, you know, and it's it, it kind of goes through like history, you know, and I think this. So this movie was it started off in 1909. Right. In the in the middle of the Reconstruction era. Right. Where um, they were down south. So they were lucky enough to to Celie's both father and husband was lucky enough to have land and to be able to provide for a family. They were just terrible men, most likely because they were raised by um, men who didn't know how to interact with women. 
And also they were raised immediately after, like their fathers, you know, not grandfathers are probably, they were probably born into slavery. Right? Yeah. And, you know, it's still that mentality of black people hating over black people, especially misogynoir, mm-hmm. where black men specifically hate black women. Yep. And in this movie, the main oppressors of the black film is also is black men. Yes. Which is also very sad to see. So it's a very heavy film, y'all. But moving into the the 2023 film that we're reviewing, mm-hmm. it was directed by um, Blitz. Blitz Bazuwale. And I'm just going to say, I think Blitz is one of the coolest names you could have. Yeah, it is. Like your name is Blitz. You're fire. So this man is very multifaceted. He is an author. He is a rapper. And... He also, have you ever seen Black is King by Beyonce? I have, because you made me watch it. Beautiful. So he co-directed Black is King. He also has a book out called The Scents of Burnt Flowers, which is a novel, pretty much a novel based on this African-American family in the 60s who migrate to Africa, you know, because they want a better life there. But then they get there and they realize, oh, like it's, it's the grass isn't always greener on the other side Mm. as well. So what's interesting he said there was kind of a connection um, between the color purple and the scent of burnt flowers is that it's kind of both about people just trying to find a home. Yeah. Some place to call home. Yep. And I think it's similar in the color purple. Cause I think this story focuses around Celie just trying to find a home. I sent, I feel like in a sense of safety, she found it in her sister. She found it in Suge and Sophia and, you know, just her just always fighting to feel like there's some place where people love her, yep. where she is welcome, where she's celebrated and appreciated. So I thought that was interesting. And um, Blitz Bazawale, he does an incredible interview with Trevor Noah on The Daily Show. You guys should check it out. But I was like, man, this man is he could do everything. Wow. <laughs> he could he could do everything. Also, we can't we'd be remiss if we don't mention our girl, the big O, Oprah. Oprah motherfucking room for y'all. Right. She was the executive producer mm-hmm. along with Steven Spielberg. I love Spielberg. There's so many Spielberg. Didn't Spielberg direct Jurassic Park? Yes, he did. I, I love he. We're back. Remember that animated film? I do remember we're back. I really like Spielberg. But yes, the big the big dog, Oprah. Oprah. The queen. No, the god of she, freaking she co- interviews. She, yes, she is. She is the god of interviews. We just watched this um, interview where she. Um, I, w- I think it was a SAG after interview, the SAG after foundation. I think that was an interview that we watched. Mm, you mean the one where she was sitting down with um, Fantasia w- and. Yes. Okay. F- Fantasia and the rest Taraji of the female cast. Taraji B. Harris. Henson. Hen- uh, Taraji B. Henson. And. Um, Daniel Brooks. And who else was there? And uh, I think it was just. I think it was just. Just the four of them. Yes. But she called herself the godmother of the color purple you know because she was obviously a big part in the book becoming a movie but also uh, i'm not sure how she played a role in the in a theatric version but you know her being she wanted to be an executive producer in this film so shout out to oprah and her greatness has continues and she really wanted to tell the story and along with the rest of the women and who the, the key actresses right they wanted to tell the story because it's so important that resilience and getting back up and forgiveness. Ugh, forgiveness. You know. <laughs> Listen, I got something to say about that later on in the film, but uh, you continue. Yeah. 
So let's let's get started, right? Let's so, dive in, guys. Let's dive in. So, where would you like to start? Yeah, let's start with, I guess, the cast, right? Um, the color. I, I can. You want me to pull up the cast list and really? Yeah, go go through go through um, Seely and her sister Nettie. Okay, so Seely played by Fantasia. If you don't want me, then don't talk to me. Go and hand free yourself. All right. Halle Bailey plays Nettie Harris, a.k.a. the Little Mermaid herself. Yes, yes. Taraji P. Henshin is Suge Avery, a.k.a. Cookie. Um, Daniel Brooks is Sophia. And I've seen this woman before. She's from Orange is a New Black. She is from Orange is a New Black. Yes. I've never watched that show, but she's from something else, too. Yes, that's why I knew her from Orange is a New Black. Uh, Coleman Domingo was Mr., Mm-hmm. Coleman Domingo is from something else too that I can't put my foot on, but I've seen this man multiple times. I've seen him before too. Probably beating on someone else. <laughs> and uh, Corey Hawkins is Harpo. Harpo, yes, and he is from. He's Dr. Dre. He's from Dr. Dre, Compton. and he's also um from in the Heights. In the Heights, he isn't in the Heights. Oh, this man loves to sing. Apparently. He does. He does it really well. This man's he's very musical. So one thing that I notice about when the film opens, and maybe it's a direct callback to the um the novel but they were on the shoreline they were and they was like georgia shoreline and i realized that in the original movie i had no idea where it was setting it see that's 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 true too because i i remember when we watched the um the spielberg film we were like OG. where are they yes like are they because i know shook said she was going to memphis, mm-hmm, memphis so i'm tennessee. like are they in tennessee somewhere else in tennessee but then I remember they were driving and they saw, well, in a newer film, they were driving and they saw a sign that said, welcome to Tennessee. So I guess they're, I don't, you think it's Georgia? No, it's definitely, there wasn't a Georgia shoreline, the Georgia coast. How do you know? Because that's what the opening scene said and I took a note of it. Oh, so it's in Georgia. Yes. Oh man, Georgia was a terrible time back then. <laughs> it's the deep south. Yeah. The Georgia coast is the, literally the deepest south yeah. of Georgia. Yeah. You know? So when I saw that shoreline, the first thing I thought of automatically this the setting and uh what's it called the the scene the set design of this film is a lot less depressing than the original yeah yeah and i think one because of technology they can make it more bright but even so you can make things bright it's it's a things i i don't even think it's about brightness it's just that uh i don't know even um the house that later on in the film where um Celie goes to live with Mr. Yep. The house does not look as dilapidated as it did in the Spielberg film. Yeah. And right. like you said, the, the bright colors did make a difference too. Like mm-hmm. a, it was a lot more saturated than the what what year did that film come out? Than the original film. But yeah, you noticed that too, right? That it Yeah, it definitely I, I felt it brighter and then when uh who was the young uh Celie's name? What was her actor's name? Young Seely is played by her name is <laughs> Felicia Pearl Mapazi. Okay, so Felicia, right? Bye, and, Felicia. And then Nettie, the young Nellie, Nettie. Holly. Holly was played by Holly, mm. right? I originally knew the tone of the movie was different based on her song, right? It just seemed a lot like you said a lot. The song, the opening song, where they're like playing the handicap, yeah, the, the hand clap game. Yes, and they were on a tree, and then. 
Um, oh, yeah. They were sitting on that big, beautiful tree mm-hmm. on the shoreline. It seemed like this movie was from the beginning. You felt a sense of hope a little more. Yes. Whereas the original had no hope at all. Just all despair. You felt a little bit of hope until Celie and Nettie's daddy came and said, we got to go. And we saw that this young girl is pregnant right mm, off the bat. Yeah. But even so, it was, I think, in the original film, they were in the field. But something, maybe because of me, I love the beach, but something about them being. On the beach is coming. Yeah. Was it a beach? No, I can't remember. It was. The, they were on the beach. Okay. Okay. Yep. Oh, speaking of which, the first opening scene where they were, it was Sunday morning and everyone was going to church. Yeah. We saw our girl, Tamala Mann. Tamala Mann. And I was lucky enough to see her sing in person on the Kirk Franklin, Tamala Mann reunion tour in Oklahoma City. And this woman takes the house down in person. Just yeah. magnificent. You should have threw your shoe at her. She sang. Yo, she sang. Right? Yeah. And, and I love I love the gospel feel, right? I caught myself dancing instantly. It was uh, in the in the theater. We saw it. We saw it together. Um, but that was one thing about it. Tamla man, she sung, but I'm just like I felt like all throughout the movie, these songs should have been longer. You got Tamla man. You have Fantasia. You have Halle Bailey. You have her. These songs should be longer. I should be getting freaking at least. Three minutes. I maybe that's a little longer, but <laughs> I felt like Tamala Man. She only sung one time in the whole movie. Yeah, you have Tamala Man. Yeah, she's that's the one. They made a soundtrack to accompany the movie. Okay, let because, me see if I can find the song. Because of all of these powerful singers, right? So that's why they they made the soundtrack. Also, this was a type of musical, but also okay. Had- so, sorry. So yes, they they start off, and you said that um. Celia and Nettie were yes. singing a song called Huckleberry Pie. Yes. Very cute on the beach. The song we're talking about with Tamala Man is Mysterious Ways. Yes. And I just feel like, let me let me see how long this song God about. works in a mysterious way. This song, oh, they're saying this song is three minutes and 23 seconds. It didn't feel like it. I don't know. Maybe I'm forgetting something. Well, because the choreography and the dancing and the lights and everything and you know, like just I just the didn't way feel did like it. I experienced the full Tamla Man experience. I wanted mm. her to sing her belly out, and maybe, maybe I'm forgetting something, but yeah, the choreography was incredible, though. Yeah, absolutely. The costumes were incredible during that song. It made me excited for church. Yes, I was like, man, there's nothing like a black church. Nothing like it. Nothing like it. You know? No, because it has the the hope to it you know the family to it the yeah the groove you know and they were grooving in church too and it was it was a good time it was fun. and when you think about it back in the day what else you got to look forward to besides sunday morning they literally it's called your sunday best because the slaves had no clothes but they had to look nice on church sunday yeah most times yeah the slaves would not have to work on sundays that's a yeah. one day they get to go to church they get to wear some nice clothes you know yeah. what i mean maybe they get treated a little better a little better just a little bit. Though. Your day gets a little better on Sunday. Just a mm-hmm. little better. Wow. <laughs> <laughs> That's graphic. Okay. So. um, I lost my train of thought. Where was it? Yeah, me too. <laughs> Listen, y'all, we saw this movie one time. So yesterday. we didn't have the uh, yesterday. Yes. Yesterday at almost 10 p.m. So we're also a little remiss. So apparently this is this movie opened on Christmas Day. And it was the biggest Christmas Day movie opening in like the past 14 years. Really? Yeah, it was it was gross, hugely popular. And I'm really excited about it because of the musical. Um, like I said, the, 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 the singing made it feel 
hopeful, right? Yeah, but, but did you like the tonal? Necessarily, did much. you like? Did you see the tonal change as a welcoming change, or did you kind of want the dreariness of the original? No. Okay. No, Ali and I was talking. It was like, yo, this is as heavy as the original. I'm just gonna be miserable, because the original, like I said, I get it. Sometimes you need to get like just watch traumatic things and understand. You don't want to water down people's experiences because yes. that's really how they want you, you to feel it. And you I get it. it. I yes. get it. But that doesn't mean I'm gonna watch it over and over again. <laughs> that's a one time watch. Like, dag, yo, they went through that. That's that sucks for them, but I don't wanna go witness it again. But this one was the type of movie that I would watch again. Right? Because I think after I think I like the relationship of Celia and Nettie when they were younger. I thought the relationship was really good. I thought that um, one thing that I noticed about we'll continue what you're saying. Oh, I thought that the Holly did a great job. Holly always Nettie. eats. But one thing I noticed about Holly's portrayal of Nettie different. That's different from the original actress that played Nettie. Well, one thing that I thought, I thought an original film, young Celia and young Nettie actually looked alike. <laughs> mm, that's true. They didn't look alike at all. They, they didn't look alike at all. And I, I get the reason. I get the reason for this because they literally had two different daddies. I'm like, you know, Nettie was considered the prettier they one. They had two different and daddies. No, no. They looked like they had two different daddies. They did, yes. Nettie was considered a prettier one, but in the older film, Nellie and Celie, they were on like the same complexion. Mm-hmm. Where Felicia and Holly are two different shades. It, yes. it reminds me of, um, there's this episode of Family Guy where, uh, you know how Peter does his little like flashbacks? Oh, or, yeah, yep, yep. With, the color, with the, the color test, right? No, no. He's with oh. the Cosbys. Oh. And he looks around and he's like, why are y'all all different shades of black? Because <laughs> when you look at Bill Cosby, you look at Denise, it's like, what's going on? What's Felicia going Rashad on? is light, but she's not that light. Yeah. Then you look at Rudy, it's like, huh? But um, it reminded me of that. And I get it because it's like, you know, even so today, colorism is still very prevalent. It is. So the lighter you are, the closer you are to being attractive. Yeah. But I still felt like I was like, okay, you know, at least in the old one. They were both the same complexion. They actually looked like sisters, but you could tell one was considered to be more conventionally attractive than the other. Mm-hmm. But I love, I love Halle Bailey. Yeah. And Felicia killed it too. So I wasn't upset, but I was like, you know, they, they just, this is a little, it's, it's, you know, it is, is it a lot? It's a lot noticeable, more noticeable. And one thing I noticed about Nettie is that she's a lot more headstrong than a Nettie in the original film. Mm, yes, she was. She, well, the original film, Nettie was headstrong. She was headstrong. But Nettie seemed to be more of the older sister in my mind. And maybe that's because Nettie was the one who was going to school when Celie was hanging back. Oh, yeah, because Celie was pregnant and she had another baby. Yeah. But even um, oh, in that tragic freaking scene in the first movie when Mr. rides up to Nettie on the horse mm. and she is uh, that scene. Oh, my God. I'm talking about the original movie. But, you know, the scene Nettie's going to school. Literally looks like she's walking through the wilderness. There is nobody else around. She's going to school. And then Mr. Rides up on a horse. And he literally tries to rape her. And she, but before he grabs her, she's just like, I got to go to school. I got to go to school. And, you know, she's still trying to, like, be polite, even though she's terrified. Yeah, exactly. And she eventually fights her way out of that situation. But, you know, it's, you clearly see just how vulnerable Nettie is in that moment. Yeah. And it's heartbreaking to see because this is just a girl trying to get to school and she's just like begging with him. I got to go to school. I got to go to school. Where in the newer film, yes, Nettie's laying in her bedroom and then Mr. comes. This is when, um, you know, when Nettie moves in with Celie and Mr. Yep. Yep. Um, Nettie's lying in her bedroom and 
Mr. comes in and he tries to take her there. He's like, come on, girl. You know, he's like, come on, girl. You know, I always had feelings for you. And she's like, I don't feel the same. And then she like kicks him in the crotch. Yeah. There's, there's the difference there. Yeah. Yes. Nettie's still in a very vulnerable position. She's still terrified. But she instantly fought back. She fights back. You know what yeah. I mean? It's not, it's not a sort of trying to, and I'm not blaming Nettie at all in the original. I'm not saying this is a bad thing, no, but it's not an original. You know how sometimes when, I don't know, people are doing you wrong, but you still feel like the need to be apologetic and still trying to. Also, the situation is a little different too. Okay. Because when Nettie, the new Nettie, is in the bedroom. Holly's and, Nettie. Holly's Nettie is in the bedroom. And when Mr. comes into the bedroom, it's obvious he's going to rape her. It's obvious he's going to attempt. He is okay. is no ambiguity at all what that man wants. Okay. When she's following with the horse, there's still a little ambiguity. She's still okay. on high alert, but she could think he's hitting on her or floating or whatever. But then she gets that right when he jumps off the horse and grab her. That's when she starts like giving the, the alert or whatever. And then in the woods, that's when she actually had to go and and fight because that's when you know what I mean the, the yeah. threat raised up. Versus you in your bedroom and a grown man comes into your bedroom, just yeah. you and him. Yeah. You instantly have to turn to that fight. So I think just the timing of it. Yeah. Of that. No, the settings. The settings does make does make a difference. But both scenes are harrowing. But I feel like the first scene is just. Do you notice? In the first movie, I mean, do you notice Nettie's face after she fights him off and she's just screaming and running? Mm. She looks traumatized. Yeah. She looks like she's gone into a primal state where it's like, I am fighting for my life. And she was. Yeah. She didn't look present. She was just screaming and flailing her little lunch basket and running away like a mad woman. And it's like, because that's a maddening experience. Exactly. I agree. That's you are. And she, she was probably like, what? I think Celie had to be around 14, so she was younger. She might have been 13 years old. Yep. Oof. Ciao. And that's what, that's what I mean, kind of like. The heaviness. Um, the heaviness. I was like, y'all like this movie, but even though the heaviness, uh, it's, it's, and I don't wish that the original film was more heavy. I'm um, not the original film. I don't wish that the newer adaptation was more heavy, Blitz's, ver- Blitz's version. I just wish the film took its time a little more. Because I feel like for this team in particular, where Mr. tries to tries to rape Nettie and kicks her out, that scene went by kind of quickly. Where the original film, to me, it felt she, like it lasts forever. She yeah, she got away and then she once ran she got back away. Home. Yeah. Ran back home. Then Mr. came up and threw her out. He literally had to fight like her. Celie and Nettie were holding on to each other, screaming. He's yeah. prying them apart, pulling them and dragging them and yeah. get, like literally hitting their hands so they couldn't lock on to each other. And when she throw when he throws Nettie out, she's like, Rights. What do you say? Rights. And that it's just I feel like the pacing was better. Yeah. And plus also I feel like it was better established in the original movie. Um their connection to writing. Because, you know, they they showed more of Nettie showing Celie how to read. I That's don't know. True. I feel like, I feel like, not to keep talking, I feel like with times in this movie, it feels as though, it feels as though they rush through scenes because they know we already know what's happening and we already saw it. Yes. And it's like, yeah, we know what's happening, but this is your adaptation. Treat us like we don't know what's happening. Yeah, I, I thought, so I thought that too. I thought that 
one, I enjoyed this movie more because we just recently saw the original and I wasn't trying to have two depression nights in the same week. Right? Mm-hmm. But also, to your point, I think that they at, at the like the the total of the movie, right? The 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 original movie, right? It wasn't it was more so about resilience and the original. The original. The original was about resilience and fighting back and eventually God will bless you over long suffering. This movie was those same tenants too, but a fourth one that was forgiveness, mm. right? Because mm. that forgiveness part, you know, that part was not really evident in the, in the original. In the original, right, Seely, when we need to be jumping all around. But, it's fine. Listen, you, you know how we do by now, listener. Yes. So the original, the original one, um that forgiveness is not as apparent as this one we can kind of like so 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 yeah so basically with yeah so i think if 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 mister would have ripped and pried her as graphically away as possible versus right now he he had a gun to her he said i'll kill you both oh he did that is true he did have a gun he had a shotgun he did have a gun i forgot about that yeah i guess you don't have to do that much when you have a gun exactly we have a shotgun that escalates it immediately yeah but it still didn't seem as as, it still didn't seem as graphic this nigga shot in the air yeah and pointed at her and said i'll kill you and i'll kill you if you talk to her Mm -hmm. so i think that was one graphic enough (laughs) yeah but um yeah i I don't know i i saw the scene i'm like dad yo like first i was like i was wondering in the beginning because the house didn't look as bad as the original i'm like oh are they gonna kind of like make mr nicer but then i realized they can't that's the whole point but you know he has to be this dark Mm. villain blitz did say something about it the director he said that he tried to humanize yes mr yeah and that's why that's why i got i got that they tried to humanize him and i think they had to to get the message across because the original mister he was a sociopath he was Im- irredeemable is yes. that the word yes irredeemable in, in yes sure. irredeemable yeah irresponsible irredeemable he was irredeemable yes <laughs> like he was just the most disgusting beast that ever crawled out of the furthest depths of this planet mm-hmm. just just a very miserable man and misery loves company but um yeah, I, I get what you're saying. I just like and I tried to come into this film without being like, oh, it's not like the first one. But like I said, I still feel like we were treated kind of like, oh, have you seen this before? You know what happens. And they kind of, you know, kind of um, rush things. And one thing I really that can ruin a movie for me, not saying this movie was ruined, but bad pacing can really take me out of a movie. And you notice it immediately when a movie is paced poorly. This I'm not saying this was, it was just some moments I was like, really take the time to really develop this. Like we're going forward, but when you think about Sugar Avery, once again, played by Taraji. And you know what's funny? Taraji didn't want to take the, didn't want to perform Sugar at first. She turned it down mm. because, you know, Suge is a, Promiscuous. What, you, it, it, what is it called? Is she a burlesque dancer? Is she a flapper girl? A flapper girl, yeah, one of those, yeah. So not really. And she a sings. She, she sings, sings, you know. And Taraji. I didn't, know, I didn't even know Taraji sung like that. That's why Taraji turned it down. Taraji, she she was not confident in her skills as a singer, mm. especially going up against Fantasia, 
Haley Bailey, her. freaking Tamala Man and her. Yeah, exactly. She felt a little insecure about it. She said she didn't realize that she could sing a little bit to hustle and flow. Mm. So, but she said she had to get out her own way. And she said when Blitz told her that in this adaptation, because she, like I told you before, uh, when, uh, when, uh, what's her name? When Siraji first heard about this movie, she literally said, why the fuck y'all doing this movie again? <laughs> <laughs> She's like, why y'all doing this? And to be honest with you, I thought the same thing. I thought it too. I, when I, I was saw like, it, I'm like, why are we bringing back this abuse <laughs> again? Like, we all know. Just dark-skinned women getting, getting shitted on. on. Like, just called ugly every day. Silly just getting called beat ugly and beat and raped and just, day. oh my God. Like, even the, like in the original, and that's the thing, they, they kind of wore it down. The original, when Celie first came to the farm when when she was sold she off. She first came to Mister, Mister, yeah. Right? The little kid was like, you ain't my mama and threw a rock on her head. Was that Harpo? That was, maybe it was Harpo. That probably was bad head. Harpo. And almost, and almost knocked, knocked her unconscious. She's out there with a, with a whole concussion. Yeah. But she was literally bleeding out of the side of her head. Yeah. But um, yeah, Taraji was like, why are y'all doing this movie again? But when Blitz called her and he said, this is going to be different because we're getting Celia in imagination. Yes. That's what put her on board. And um, who else? There was someone else who bet Fantasia. Yeah, Fantasia, she, she didn't want to do it either. And which is crazy to me because we, when we saw The Color Purple on Broadway, saw it, on Broadway. it was Fantasia. It was Fantasia, exactly. And Fantasia didn't do want to do it again because, one, she did it for so long probably. She probably was sick of it, to be honest with you. But, two, she didn't want to be in the film that large because she's not really an actor. She's a, she's a singer. Right. This is her first major film debut. And she'll be the first major film debut and Even though I imagine that theater is harder than movies. I know. But, well, I guess it depends. Because it's right there. You know what I mean? There's no cuts. There's no edits. You're performing right there to your audience. Yes. But at the same time, you have a, I don't know. It's the audiences are smaller. You have to do it a lot of times, but audiences are smaller. I can understand Fantasia. It's like, why would I want to go in my first acting movie and be. They said they were doing eight shows a week. I know, but I'm saying, why would I go want to be a movie in the first, bro- like this first big screen movie, and all they gotta do is call me ugly for two and a half hours of it? So I would get that too, just like. Which her. is, it's it's wild seeing Fantasia in this film with people calling her ugly. Yo, even it's f- like, like Felicia wasn't ugly at all either. I'm like, none of these silly Then are none ugly. of them were ugly. Whoopi is not ugly. Whoopi's not ugly either. <laughs> like. She just dark skinned. She just starts that. <laughs> what, the da- what the dad said when, when Mr. Candy got Oh my God. He was like, she was ugly as homemade sin. Yo. Yeah, I, he was like, I, I want to marry Nettie. Fall, <laughs> fell out my chair. He was like, you can marry silly. Silly. She's as ugly as homemade sin. <laughs> homemade. We literally cracked up in that theater. I said, wow. Like, like just the hatred. Homemade. Just call her an sin. abomination. That says homemade sin. Like, I've almost fell out, yo. But, That's um, yeah. So, yeah, when they said they're going to give Celie an imagination, that's really what put Taraji and Fantasia on board for this film. And do you remember, what did you think about Young Seely song. Let me see if I can pull up the name. She sung really well. Um, like she sung so well that I looked out. That she Mary. be mine. When she saw Olivia. Oh yeah, when she saw the baby. She yeah. saw Olivia. Yeah. She, she be mine. She so. So, I, I'm wondering in the original film was that shop where she saw Olivia? Was that her father's shop? I don't think so. In the original film, that was just a white man's shop. 
Her that was a white man shop. The white man was just cutting the fabric. And yeah, like, that is true because he kept asking her, you going to buy something, girl? You going to buy something? You going to buy something, girl? <laughs> he popped out of nowhere like, you going to buy something, girl? And then she ran away, remember? Yeah, but no, in this one, it was her father's shop. It was shop. her father. And that's, that's a, maybe, the, maybe that's how it is in the book, but that's another thing where it's kind of like every little thing is a little more uplifting. Yeah, because her father actually had money, right? He's a business um, owner. He's, he's a, a business dick, owner. but he's a business owner. He's a business owner, right? And he they don't even like when when she was pregnant he was like the baby's mine i can do whatever i want with it right and then they said later on that's my daddy's baby what was it really it wasn't as obvious and apparent as the first movie was like yeah i got two kids by my dad she said it right off the bat right off the bat and i gagged this was yeah just just this, this was subtle oh, a little more subtle but they yeah. still let you know that the rape and incest happened yeah so when um what did you think about uh young silly song she be mine i think visually it was beautiful it was just so short though it just seemed so short to me it's like i blinked and the song was over yeah i i thought so i was a few things when do i do you want me to read some of the lyrics yeah but it was a few things when she was when she would start singing okay. one i was like yo she can sing really well but the second one i thought was if you really think that baby is yours why don't you go punch a lady in the face and take your baby because she is a negress. What do you think is going to happen if she go around stealing babies? Yeah, that's also true. This is crazy. She said, here's the lyrics of She Be Mine. I see my baby girl. Can't be no one else. Looking just like me and my daddy. <laughs> that's your sister baby. <laughs> that's your sister baby. No words when I saw myself. I see her hands on the lady's shoulder. She come out of me chewing her fists. She got my eyes. And a face I done kissed. I saw Olivia on her ditties. Little stars and flowers too. I know she sees the same things I do. Oh, the Lord done sent me a sign. Oh, I know she be mine. When I see mamas holding babies, I feel pain come across my heart. Something deep inside. Before being torn apart. Like a spell come on my body. My baby's breath on me. She gonna carry her away, but I still see. Mm. You, she be mine, she be mine, she be mine. I remember the visual of that now of... Her walking or all, all the other mothers like washing their clothes. Yeah, the they had their washboards and they were washing their clothes. And then they did this whole dance with like whatever the garments they were washing, a lot of twirling. And mm -hmm. she was there was like a waterfall behind her, right? Yep. I can definitely see how Blitz directed, co-directed Black is King. Because every song looked like a music video. Mm, like the quality of the choreography, the costumes, the mood yes. setting. It's giving music video. No, I agree. It's just, I feel as though his songs weren't written like some, weren't written like songs for theater though. What does that mean? They seem more like R&B and gospel songs. Like when you think about theater writing, it's very based on the specific situation that the character is going through. Mm, like it, it helps tell the story. You're saying that the songs didn't and help tell the story specific. that well. It's very specific. Like when you think about Wish, some of the songs are like, huh? Like they were kind of, they seem, I guess it seems a little bit too generic. Whereas theater, that's like, no, like we're talking about this specific thing happening to this character. But I thought Celia was singing about, about her baby. Not like I know, not every baby. song, not every song. But even <laughs> when I look at this song, yeah, this song, this song is a bad example. It is written like that. But some songs, it just feel like, um, the song that Celie sung towards the end of the movie where she's leaving her her store, uh, Fancy Pants. 
Mm. She sings a song and I'm like, I, I want to feel connected to this song, but it still sounds a bit generic to me. Mm, I think you're a tough critic. Maybe that maybe that's why I started a podcast. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. <laughs> but it's just like there was I I just feel I feel like there was a missed opportunity with the song. And plus I feel like there wasn't enough there wasn't enough singing overall. Like I feel like this they movie were, couldn't decide if it wanted to commit to being a musical. Yeah, so like he's like I, I think I might have said it earlier, but musicals like Hamilton, every word was sung. Right? Whereas this musical, it was like what 50 50 and the songs they 60, did 40? chose i was like really i made a song for this like harple's song remember when um when he was building his house he he built sophia and him a house on a swamp and they mm-hmm. had a song for that and i i like the song i love the visuals that whole dance sequence yeah it was great i was like this is great but i'm like y'all made a song for this but i feel like y'all should have made a song about suge and her father and what happened between them? I feel like there were like you know there there are a lot of missed opportunities. There should have been a song. I feel like when Nettie was kicked out of, uh, of Mister's house, there should have been a song. She sung a little bit describing that. She sung a little bit. Did she? Let me see. What? Yeah, is she? she sung. Um, she sung that I'll write you every day. She said I'll write you like the part I'll write you every day until I'm dead. She said that, and then I thought she sung, and she ran away. No, I didn't. I don't remember. No, let me see. Um, I might have made that up. So, okay, mysterious way she be my, keep it moving, working. Hell, no, I don't see no songs, unless there's unless there's some songs that's not on the soundtrack. But cause let's see when, yeah, Nettie got kicked out of the house when she was a child when her mm-hmm. and so she be mine, keep it moving. Hmm. Let's keep it moving keep it moving i think that's when um that's when see that's when celia and nettie go into town that's right before nettie gets kicked out remember they go oh, into okay. town and look at hats when they, yeah, should, yeah. they should be collecting firewood mm. yeah there was no song i don't i don't think there was any song when she got kicked out and it's like this is such an emotional moment you're not going to see your sister for decades yeah literally let's express this through song yeah it wasn't <laughs> and i feel like there's a lot of opportunities like that where i'm like y'all Y'all, it's like you can't, you're not committed to this being a musical. And all this dialogue can be, I, you know, I was looking forward to it. When they said it's given the silly imagination, I was like, man, we get to see how she, hear and see how she feels through the voice of freaking Fantasia. Yeah. And feel all that pain. No, you're right. Because the most, the most passionate song that I think that she had was she was singing about how much she loved. Suge. Suge. That was a cute uh that when when they went to the theater and they had mm-hmm. the first, I did like that song. That song was very cute. But I like that song. But you're but you're right. Yeah. She she didn't do like uh like a like even if the first time she got smacked. Yeah. And she turned around and sung about that. Think of think think about all the think about all the other musical. Think about Dream Girls, right? Mm-hmm. Think about Hamilton. Think about I don't know, even a Disney song. When Stuff happens when deeply traumatic things happen. <laughs> they sing about it, about it and you, you know how they feel. I feel like there were a lot of missed opportunities. Yeah, I I think one is just the length of the movie. It should have been longer. Longer. It was the runtime. I think it was two hours and twenty minutes. It should have been longer. I think people just have a movie like this. Yeah, maybe like this. It should have been longer. I, I, I. I it should have been longer. 
I feel like it should have been longer. There's so much to say. There's a lot happening. Yes, this is a big project, but you know that go. You knew that. Yeah. You know what? It, you know it's a color purple. <laughs> no, no, you're right. I, I, I do, I, I do agree with you that there was more singing opportunities. Um, I think that they did, um, the mix of the dialogue with the singing. Um, I, I did enjoy the songs they did. They did sing. Right. And the choreography I thought was amazing. The choreography was A one. Like it was when spectacular. It, like when they did the, the song The costumes too. Suge song. When Suge came When Suge came to town. Yeah, she was on the that boat. That was fine. She was the boat. She was on she was in the car. No, no. I was, was talking about I was talking about her opening night at the Oh, when she's the, first coming. Well what is well let's go. What do you think about when she first not not her first performance, but what oh. pushed the button? What do you think when she first came into town? Oh, I thought that was I thought that, that was, was dope. that was beautiful. Yes. I wanted every song to be like, like yes. there was and I feel like that could have been longer too. You know, I liked how they had people running through the town saying, Shoes coming, shoes yep. coming, shoes coming. But when it got to Mister, all he said was Shug's coming. And I'm like, Mister. You've been pining for Suge Avery, Avery yeah. for this long. He should have had a whole, whole. He should have been first. Yeah. He. Why don't we hear from Mister? This is supposed to be the love of your life. Yeah. The reason why you beating Tilly supposedly is because she is not Suge. Why didn't Suge have? I more mean, why a, didn't Mister? More of an impact. Yeah. No, you're right. I, I think. Uh, and it don't matter if he can't sing. We know musical works. If he, even if the character can't sing, it works because it brings character to the person singing. Yeah. Like think about um. I always say this, but think about um. Danny DeVito singing in Hercules. Yeah. Danny DeVito can't sing, but it works because mm-hmm. his character it matches the character. Yeah. No, you're right. I, I thought that the Suge entrance was good because it showed that she was famous and she was coming like she was like, that girl she was that girl mm-hmm. you know what i mean like she was super famous how did you think about, about taraji's performance of suge as a parent opposed to i i'm sorry i do not know the woman's name as opposed to the the original lady <laughs> so i think i like the original lady more why is that i think she well one she could sing better but could you think so yes i do hmm I think I think she was I think she sung a little bit. Oh, I gotta think. Yeah, when I'm thinking about the ending scene when she finally talks to her dad and she sings, um, uh, you know they they all go to church. Yeah. yeah, yeah Speak yeah. to me, Lord. Or mm-hmm. okay, continue. Yeah, like Taraji could sing. She she can. Yeah, but, she admits she's not a singer. Yeah, but she's she, got a good voice. Singing is not the main thing that she does, mm-hmm. right? Um, but no, I thought I thought Taraji, um, she looked a little older in this movie. Um, and I, think, I mean, she's not a spring chicken. No, she's not. Um, what make what makes sense? But uh, no, I thought I thought she did a good. I thought she did her her version of Suge was a mo- lot more sympathetic to Seely than the original version. Because the original version, he saw her, looked in the face, and says, "Oh you my sure god, is ugly. you sure is ugly." <laughs> it she took did, herself out laughing. Yes, and she didn't call her ugly once. She made she made a face. Though. She made a Remember? face. She made that a stank hilarious. face when she was when she was in the bath. Oh and she my saw god! Her. And she first got a look at silly. Her face was like, Ugh. yeah. <laughs> her was, face said but it. But that's so Taraji, though. Yeah, that's so Taraji. <laughs> she gave her the stank look. Mm-hmm. But uh, at the same time, she uh, I don't know. I, I like the way she did it. Just, I feel Taraji was fantastical. She's Taraji, but I do, I do, I feel like I do. And like I said, listen, I I know I said I wasn't gonna go tit for tat from the original film and this film, but I'm doing it anyway. Fight me. But um, I did I did like the original Suge more too. Yeah, I thought I like he had a sense of regalness, a sense yeah. of poise. 
Yeah, well, poise. I she guess. just seemed more poised. There's something well, about I, Taraja does also seem bougie too. She did a good job of being bougie. Well, I don't like, even mean like this, bougie. I just mean like Taraji. Taraji Shook was very, very sassy. You know what I mean? Very more physical. You know, nothing wrong with that. But Shook had like a mystery to her, mm. and like a magnetism because of that mystery and because of that way she carried herself. Like I remember after um Silly and Nettie first like had they night, had they fling in the original movie, Silly was like, Suge's like honey and I'm a bee. Mm. And you just saw Suge walking away to the church to see her father. And you kind of felt the same way. There was something about her. Like she just kind of just, Suge is honestly kind of like a manic pixie dream girl. A what? Do you know what that is? I have no idea. That's a movie trope. It's a movie trope that's like, it was really prevalent in like the 2010s. And like, it's pretty much a girl who comes in and, well, no, Suge isn't. She's not that. That This is me vastly underestimating Suge, but this is what she reminds me of. It's a girl who comes into a story and she's like, she's very eccentric um, and she comes to her only purpose is to really improve the life of the protagonist, who's normally a male, like a plain, boring male. Mm. She comes in. You know who's who you know who's actually a manic ah, this like um you ever seen Fight Club? You've seen Fight Club. Brad Pitt ago. in Fight Club is a manic pixie's dream boy. He doesn't really exist. He just comes in he just comes in mm. and the uh, the main protagonist a fight club is this man who's very bored with his life. He's very yeah. sad. And he's like this weird dude who comes in and just shows him all this new shit. And then at the end, normally in the Manic Pixie Dream Girl arc, she either dies or moves away or in fight club, just a figment of your imagination. Yeah. Should kind of gives that, even though people don't like the trope because a Manic Pixie Dream Girl doesn't have her own ambitions. Suge does, but she kind of reminds me that she's someone who's unattainable, mm. who comes in like a whirlwind in your life and just opens your life up to so much creativity and a different point of view and gives her like so much excitement. And she has mystery, mystery about her. Yeah. I'm not calling her a Manic Pixie Dream Girl. That's a gross underestimation of Suge, but that I'm just giving an example. No, I thought that was a good example. I don't get that sense. Taraji's more I don't get that sense of mystery with Taraji a little bit more with Taraji's depiction she she gives me more of the an auntie that you adore mm. who's going to protect you and fight for you who don't take no shit you know what I mean yeah but I don't see the sense of same mystery as I did with the original Sugar Avery no that's true but also I think I didn't like like I don't know. I, I think that Taraji's Suge was more likable. She was more approachable. She was more friendly. Approachable she was not. But that's what I mean. That's why you, the fact that here you are here, the original Suge Avery called Celie ugly, but then she's kissing her. You know what I mean? It's kind of like you're very hard to read, mm -hmm. you know? Yeah. I said a lot, so I'm uh, just letting you. Uh, <laughs> I feel like I'm just I feel like I talked for a very long time. That's why I'm like, let me stop cutting you off and let you talk. No, I think no, I agree. I I said a lot. Yeah, I said a lot. So So we haven't touched on one of my favorite characters okay. in the movie, and that is Sophia. 
Sophia. Yes. Sophia. I thought Sophia. She's my least favorite because I fucking hate her storyline. Well, you hate the storyline. Yes. But the, the character. Sophia, yeah, I love the character. Yeah. I guess so. I love Sophia. So uh, you're you're kind of right in in both, and I feel the same way for both, right? One, I thought that what's her name again, Daniela. Danielle Brooks. Danielle Let me Brooks, double check. Right? I thought that she played yes. Sophia very well, and that's also very hard to do because Oprah did the original. Oprah eight. Oprah did the original. Oprah right? eight. When Oprah first comes in the scene of Sophia, walking all heavy footed and yeah. puffing around, I'm like, oh yeah, this is a woman. This is a woman. Yes. Like, Yes, and that's what Danielle tried to do, and I thought she did a really good job of it. I thought. Do you she, think it was you know you think she brought her own life to it, or you think she was just imitating Oprah's depiction? Well, I thought she did her own thing to it because okay. one, I saw her in Orange is New Black, and she has that bubbly sort of personality always happening. Bubbly, yeah, like I guess she is a little bubbly. She's yeah. in a good mood. She's like, hey, Miss Sealy. All right, and she over there, and she loves. I like her laugh. Yeah, yeah. She, you're right. She did have a laugh to her, and the sort of like charisma to her, where Oprah's was just more huffy. Yeah, and they also showed more of a romantic relationship with her and Harpo or Harper. Harpo. Harpo. More with Harpo than they did in the original, because this actually showed like. Like obviously the original, they had him introduce her to a daddy, right? But they were actually like look like they, they loved had each what? other. They he intro- he the first time you meet Sophia is when Harpo brings her to Mister and says, "Hey, this is my woman, and I'm having a baby with her," right? Um, basically asking his permission, his his blessing, or so. And Mister obviously didn't give it to her. He's like, she's not worth it. But I felt like their relationship actually showed like a like a actual decent relationship until he like you know until we talk about that but until they started getting violent but yeah i thought sophia did really well i thought that like she stormed off and just the way like she was kind of just stomping around and just looking angry and but also just bubbly and just wanted i don't know just just, I, i just thought she did really well I thought she did really well in the role. No, even I though did her storyline, see... her storyline, like you were saying, is tragic. Yeah, and and the uh, her going that that arc with the with the with the ice cream. Ooh, you heard me make a lot audible sigh. Yeah, we were like, thing, oh my god, when the whole thing was happening because I was. Yeah, but I do agree with you. I do feel like there was more. Their relationship was. Mm, in this movie, they seem like that toxic couple that can't live with each other and can't live without each other. Yes. A little more. Remember when um, Celie came over to Harpo and Sophia's house and Sophia said, Harpo, bring us some tea. And he brought cold tea. Mm-hmm. And she started yelling at him. And she was like, I just want some hot tea. And he was like, you my hot tea. And then they kissed. Yeah, exactly. And I was like, they do seem like more like, you know, there's a little, there's sugar and salt. You understand you understand more why they work mm-hmm. versus the first movie was I got this girl pregnant. We think we love each other, but she's running all over she's me running all over me and everything. And it, it's still the same. Harpo still want to control her. He said, you know, I want her to, I want to tell her to jump. And she said, how high? And so it was like, maybe she's not a jumping woman. And exactly. I was like, period. But he still wanted to control her. That that sense was still there. And, you know, he got that from his father. And his father got that from his father. And it's just generations of bullshit and misogyny. But, you know, it's <laughs> like 
you're right. There was more a sense of, yeah, we have really bad times, but there's also a lot of love here too. Exactly. And the, the key part with when they were going through it and they first got married and when Harpo came to Seely and asked her, what do I do with her? And you're right. The first thing he said, maybe I like, I want her to jump. And he said, maybe she's not a jumping woman. And she kept talking. She's like, okay, well you like maybe beat her. And she's just beating her. And then Sophia came and said, why'd you tell Harpo to beat me? And the thing, the biggest, one of the biggest change, it seems subtle was that she said, because I was jealous. Yeah. Celia did not say that. Celia did not say that before, like an original one. She was like, I was jealous and you could do stuff that I can't. She never said she was jealous in the original. No, she didn't. Oh. In the original, I assume she told her to beat her because she knew no better. Exactly. Right. Because exactly. that's when she was around and she's like, I listened to my husband because he beat me. Yeah. Maybe if you beat her, she'll listen to you. That's simple, like simpleton, just all around logic. No, for real. It makes sense. It's it like, this sense. is what, this is how you keep a woman in line. Yeah. I thought the same thing. Right. But this time. is now saying... Because I was jealous, show the different type of dynamic of Seely, mm-hmm. right? Show that oh crap, Seely has an attitude. She could be a little vindictive too, right? Mm-hmm. And she doesn't just accept the road around her, yeah, right. She's just like, I know that this isn't normal because I can see it from other people. Mm-hmm. Whereas the original series thought it was normal. I don't have the courage to stand up to Mister and be like you. Someone said I'm going to make you like me. Yes. Exactly. And, you know, at first I was like, when she said that, I was like, that's not how Seely really feel. Music on my phone just start playing on its own. That was very scary. <laughs> that's hilarious. But, um, yeah, at first I was like, that's not what happened. You guys are making stuff up. But then I were like, you know what? You're right. This is your adaptation. Yep. This is Blitz adaptation. And that's. That's still a very powerful thing. It is. A very powerful reason. You are jealous. That's deep. That's deep. But, um, yeah. How did you feel about, let me see the name of the song, because, you know, Oprah's legendary line, all my life I had to fight. Yep. Did you feel that it hit the same in the song, Hell No? So, I liked that song, Hell Hell No. No. Okay. I thought it was catchy, and I caught myself dancing to it. Catchy. Yes, and I thought it had the the, the attitude like. But and, was it as powerful? No, because that's the once that's the one you can't. I I think what the I think what you're trying to, that's the same thing with the the girls getting kicked out. You know how you 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 have fun one weekend, and you're like, oh, let's go get the same people, go to the same time, the same place. And it's not the same mm. because some things you can't recreate. And I think they understood that we might not be able to recreate this as well as the original, but we could do our own version of it. I have to disagree with you. I think it's very not create the moment, but I think it's possible to make something just as powerful, especially with song. Like maybe I put too much emphasis on the power of song, but songs with a voice like hers let me let me see some of the let me I'm gonna read some of the lyrics a little bit and see this is hell no all my life I had to fight I had to fight my daddy had to fight my brothers my cousins and my uncles too but I never 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 thought I had to fight my own house 
I feel sorry for you to tell the truth. You remind me of my mother under your husband's thumb, under your husband's foot. What do you say go? Why you scared? I never know. But if a man raises his hand, hell no, hell no. Um, I don't know. It don't hit the same. It's to me, to me, it sounds, it's good, but it sounds kind of surface level. It sounds, it sounds not musical. It sounds to me like, like an R&B song about a woman leaving her man. I don't know. It sounds like, uh, it, it's not given that same level in depth as a musical number. In my opinion, it sounds like girl, I'm fed up with my man and he not going to hit me no more. Let's get out of here. Help. And it's like, and I, I get it. I feel like they were trying to bring a little more comedy to the song. Hmm. And maybe I'm just looking for something else. I, I just, I feel, I, I disagree with you, but I feel like you don't have to recreate the moment, but it could be just as powerful, even more powerful because you're singing it. Yes, Oprah killed that. It's iconic. Like Oprah just, her delivery, like even when she's at the table, towards the end of the movie at Easter dinner and she's just there rocking back and forth after she's been in prison for six years and she hasn't seen her kids in forever. Yeah. She just, she seems so broken. broken. Yeah. And when she said all my life I had to fight is that's the sound It's she's just, she's just fed up. She's like, ain't nowhere in the world. I've been putting up with this. I'm not, you know what I mean? It's just different. I'm not doing it in my own house. And I didn't get that. During, I didn't get that from the song. The song seemed fun. But maybe maybe that's just not what I was looking for. Yeah, and once again, I appreciated the lightness of it. I appreciated that they can take something so traumatic and make it fun and uplifting without taking away the fact that he was literally beating on his wife. I like the little, um, at the end of the song, Sophia's leaving. She grabs the baby from Harpo and her and the other woman are standing in a line and they do like the little neck roll we love to do. Oh yeah. That was yeah, funny. That was yeah. funny. So yeah, I guess it's it's just it wasn't what I was looking for, but it was fine. It looked great. Like I said, the the choreography, the visuals, spectacular. Best I've seen in a while. It looks so freaking good. But I, I did feel a little wanting for more. Mm. Or for something else. Yeah, I can see that. I can see that. Um, what else you got? I guess fast forward in the movie, right? Um, the biggest, the, so the ever big thing, right? Um, I would like to bring up is the forgiveness part. So in the original movie, when Nellie sends the letter, Nettie. Nettie, when Nettie sends the letter and she's basically like, I'm in Africa, right? I'm in Africa with the children. You know, that's one thing that I like that they did better. Um, I feel like in the original film, the whole Africa arc, it it was a, it felt a little random. It was a little out of place. It felt like I was watching a completely different movie. Yeah. But it was very Spielberg, though. Like that part of it is very Spielberg. What do you mean? When I think about Spielberg, I think about Jurassic Park and he loves like... How do, how do I say it? Like, like, um, I think Spielberg less playing with nature and using like, sort of like, ah, I wish I could explain it. So, okay. Right. I remember the original film. Celie was reading one of Nettie's letters mm -hmm. and she was saying, oh, I'm in Africa and I've seen all these animals 
giraffes and elephants and then we seen them they showed them on screen and Mm -hmm. just like the mood changed and they had like music playing in the background Mm -hmm. and it made me think of jurassic park because jurassic park's all about just like like the 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 magnificent of nature Mm. and admiring nature and appreciating nature and seeing the world around you and in that sense the color purple came kind of like became an adventure film a little bit Mm. and i'm like this is very spielberg and it did seem like i was watching a different movie in the original or this one? In the original. Okay. And that's why I like why they did it better because they kind of they kind of toned that down. They still showed. So much. They still showed. The they showed it, but it didn't last. Beach. It didn't last. It didn't last. I love that scene. Yeah. Oh my god, with that scene. But let me, I'm gonna get back to that. But it still it wasn't as drawn out as the original. Mm. The original they went through everything that was happening in Africa, like the building. What they were building like a real world yeah, system yeah, yeah. that was going to tear through Nettie's village and yeah, it. No, the original they one, it. yeah, that was like 20, like it's like 20, 25 minutes. I just talking about what's happening. I don't think it was that long, but it felt long. It felt, it felt like, ah. <laughs> it, felt, it felt long. And like I said, it to me, it seemed very Spielberg, but it did seem like I, at one point I was watching a complete different movie. But like I was watching Jumanji or some shit. <laughs> like, so I like how they handled this. But yes, that one scene where they show uh, a clip of Nettie arriving with her nieces and nephews on the shores of, they never said where in Africa, but the tribe comes and they're dancing to welcome them. Mm-hmm. It's beautiful. Yeah, it was beautiful. The costumes, beautiful. Everyone looked like royalty. They were wearing purple. They were wearing. They were wearing purple, which associated with royalty. And I remember when Nettie said towards the beginning of the film, right before um, Celie was sold to Mister, she was like, you know, uh, my teacher told me that we're royalty over there and everything. Yeah. So yep. for her to see that, it was mesmerizing, and they were just dancing. Like I said, choreography on a bean. The costumes were beautiful. That was that was spectacular. And it makes sense because the director, Blitz, he is Guyanian. So, oh, is he? Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah. So another thing that I was getting at, though, Guyanian. Yeah, yeah, yeah. was that when, when, they, uh, when she reached out to get back from Africa, back to Georgia, and she sent a letter, Nettie did, asking for her help. In the original one, um, uh, after after Celie cursed Mister, he went and he paid for her to come, and he doesn't talk to her anymore. The rest of the movie, he's gonna pay for her to come. He sees when they reunite reunite at the end, and he kind of goes away. And you and we know that there's some spiritual forgiveness in that because he brought her sister back to him. But in this movie, it was different. In this movie, that forgiveness arc, right? He talked to her even when when Celie like left and was successful, and her dad died, and she had all this inheritance now. And she started her own fancy pants store. <laughs> he went. And I he also bought- I also really like that number. Um, in the fancy pants store, which is like, who's wearing the pants now? Yeah. And her pretty. pants were fire. I yeah. love how vibrant the colors were of yeah. her red outfit. That was beautiful. No, I really like that. It was. And and him going and buying those pants and saying, I just want to support your business. Pants. Yeah, I just want to support your business, right? I want to buy something no one's going to buy just to support your business. I think that was part of the reason why like they, they, they were trying to move towards that forgiveness thing. And then when he actually brought her over, he made it known that I did this. You know what I mean? Like I have, I invited some guests. What brought who over? 
Nelly and all the kids. At the okay, when he brought Nettie house. over. When he brought Nettie and all the kids over. Okay. He was like, oh, I, I brought some guests. I hope you don't mind. And he made it obvious that he was the one who bought over. And he actually sold his land. They made it more serious about how much he had he to pay. He sold half his land. Yeah. He said some land. He, I don't okay. know if he sold half. But he made it made it more obvious that he had to pay. So, like, it cost him to bring him over. Because in the old movie, he just went in his, his little savings and gave it to him. But this one. Did they show that? They did in the original movie. But this one, they actually showed that he went and sold part of his land. And the actual, like, curse that, that, that uh, Sealy put on him. I curse and everything you think of is going to is gonna fail, whatever she said. Um, the scene itself, the cursing scene itself seemed a little corny. Why is that? Just the way she kind of looked. Like, I curse you or whatever. Seemed but a little what, corny. what was corny about her? Like, she looked like she didn't believe it. No, she, just, she wasn't playing it well. I don't know when when Whoopi Gerber cursed him. I was like, "Dad, yo, that nigga cursed." You felt like it was more powerful. Yeah, right. Let me see exactly. And what probably she said. because it was because the music around it, right? Maybe the music around it kind of downplayed the curse, if that makes sense. Um, but no, all I'm trying to get at is that they made the redemption part of it a lot more apparent than the first movie because of those things, you know. Um, yeah um yeah so i didn't like that at all but i'm a bitter person you didn't like the forgiveness portion of it i didn't i'm team f mister <laughs> let him die in a pool of urine and alcohol yeah in the swamp of the juke jam like i i do not like him when she came, when he came to the shop to buy her pans i wanted her to say get out i never want to see you again and you know he that did happen in the original film but he didn't come inside remember in the original um Seely looked out the window and i don't know if she saw mister but she saw mister for a second standing outside mm. and then she looked again and he was gone mm. so i feel like blitz took that one step further and i get it it's him being accountable coming in trying to right his wrongs but i still feel like silly should have been like you like i just i don't and then you invite him to your easter dinner why he got to be there? He talking to you and and uh, I don't like you. No, but you know, that's that's, that's showing silly. that's show. I know that's me personally. That's showing Silly's capacity for love. Yeah. And when I think about Fantasia, she said she loves playing Silly because her and Silly have the same hearts. Yeah. And I think that's a servant's heart. Mm-hmm. I think that's a loving heart. That's a forgiving heart. She just has a pure heart. And it's like, OK, we all see the goodness of Silly. But me. No. <laughs> and once no. again, I don't, I think you're justified or she would have been justified if she'd have been like, screw you, dude, get out. Um, but even with the she curse, gritsed him. even with the curse, right? It was like, until you do right by me. So even that inherently was giving him an out. Until you do right by me, everything you touch will be, will be garbage. And I love that. I love that in both films. You know, I, I do agree it didn't hit as powerfully as the first one, but it, it was still powerful because it's literally Seely finally fully realizing her power. Yeah. Like you have so much strength mm-hmm. and the world will change just by you saying it will. Yeah. Like you are in charge of your own destiny and God is on your side exactly. and God is going to fight for you. Exactly. So, it was it was beautiful. One thing I didn't like in the movie though, I thought it was a little corny in the newer one. 
is when um mister was at his lowest of low and he actually fell asleep well before he was lying in the field in his muddy field of his decrepit land that silly curse remember all the bees came and they were yep. tearing up his crops the beetles yep and then they the said called him? before that this oh. is um, before he fell asleep the male um they played that little flashback of Sealy saying until you do right by me everything you have is going to crumble and he's like Sealy curse me I feel like I feel like they said too much we already know what's happening they made mm. it I feel like they were you get it you get it you get what's happening Sealy curse them you get it and it's like we know like we're not dumb mm. like that was a little bit too too direct like some things don't need to be outwardly said <laughs> but um I'm not gonna lie I'm not gonna lie and maybe it's because Get down, cat. This cat don't. Well, they, they want to. You're so cute. Get they out. want to make. Get down, fat girl. Make it known. Milkshake. They want to make it known his intentions of what he, of what he did, of him going and trying to save her. But you don't need to say it out loud. We already know it. You don't need to like that. We know what's going on. And not because we watched the first movie. We know you don't have to spoon feed the audience that I did think that was a little corny, but I'm not going to lie. I did feel bad for Mr. When he fell asleep in the field and the white postman found him. I was yeah. like, okay, but that may just be because it, I felt <laughs> never mind. <laughs> I did feel a little bad for Mr. But there was actually this one scene that Blitz said made Alice Walker, the original, not the novelist of the color purple cry. Remember that scene where um, Harpo's escorting Mr. out of the juke jam mm -hmm. and Mr. puts his chest on Harpo, his yep. head on Harpo's chest and said, you did good, son. Exactly. And she that, said she started crying. Alice Walker, he Blitz said Alice Walker started sobbing. Wow. Because that part wasn't in the original either. In the original, he would just call towards Harpo and didn't even want nothing to do with him. And that's what the whole redemption thing where Harpo had to forgive him, right, for being the terrible father and the terrible influence. You know, he had to forgive his father. I guess he didn't really, but um, for also being a ter terrible influence. His er father's the only one who never, in both movies, he never saw the light. He just going to be a bitter old man for the rest of his life. Yeah, exactly. But, um, but yeah. Oh, we didn't talk. Uh, this is, this is going back. I really liked push the button too. Push the button was oh, wild. Yeah, yeah, that was wild. When they were basically grinding, they were slow getting, dancing. Yeah. They were, that was sex. Yes, it was. In that juke jam. I almost covered Trey's eyes. <laughs> I said, that was fire though. Like I said, the choreography is literally spectacular. It's spectacular. Suge brought the house down. Yes, he did. She came through. She brought the house down. How'd you feel about her singing, um, her song, The Silly, she said, sister, you know, sister. Oh, yeah, I like that. How do you feel about her singing it at the house instead of at the juke jam? The timing. The timing makes, the actually, the timing made more sense in the new one. Because in a juke jam, her singing to Silly was basically showing that she liked Silly. But I think it made time in original because you got to remember, Silly was nursing her back to help. Mm. Mr. tried, but Mr. couldn't cook. Yeah. Silly was the only, she ate Silly's food, Silly bathed her. So I think sister made sense of the original because he's saying, Hey, I like you. You were kind to me. You took care of I me. I know that's what I'm saying. So that was like, I like you or whatever. This, this one at the end, I thought it was more meaningful. The song because their relationship has like, was able Blossomed. to grow and blossom over the years versus like, yeah, you were nice to me this past weekend. I made you a song. This is like, I wrote you a song. It's on my, it's on my record right 
Um, and I thought that was a little more uh, touching, touch heartfelt. Well, how did you feel? Um, yeah, push a button. I just, I just want to say it again before I move on. Push a button was fire. Yeah, it was favorite song. What about? Yeah, push a button was a really good song. Um, but how did you feel when um, Shook finally got in a well, Sealy finally got in Shook's pants when he went to the movie theater and they made out. Oh, that wasn't that was extra. I didn't wasn't expecting that. So in the original one, they just kind of just kissed or whatever in the bedroom. In the bedroom, and then it was just like implied maybe something happened. Yeah, this we, one something they, definitely happened. Yes, but this one they woke up together in bed. Yeah, <laughs> but how did you feel? I kind of liked. Well, I don't know. I feel as though with the newer one, the love between Silly and Shook seems a bit more reciprocated. In the old one, it was it just seemed, a fascination. In the old one, it seemed like obviously Silly is enamored with Suge. Yep. And Suge is fond of Silly. You know what I mean? She she is a com a comforter and um how do I say it? Like but the I, I didn't say that she loved Silly, like romantically yeah. loved Silly. No, you're right. This one, the love seemed more mutual. No, I agree. Even though it was Seely's fantasy, them sing. Remember, um, in the movie theater when they kissed, and it, it was like a fantasy of them singing. That mm -hmm. song was really sweet too. I thought it was really sweet. Yeah, when they that were walking was, down the stairs and everything. Yeah, yeah. that was Seely's fantasy, but it did seem like the love was more mutual. You feel yeah. the same way? No, I do, hundred percent. I thought that they kind of had a relationship they had a relationship yeah more Whereas so in, in the first one it was just kind of like you know one time should just turned her out in the first one exactly or this one it's like and i kind of i do like the the humbleness of the first scene though hmm? like um the humbleness of the first movie though the first um the first time oh, just they how kissed. shy she was and yeah like it was like you know she she never experienced that sort of tenderness in her life yeah so also this is 2023 so they can be a little more direct with it now with their relationship well i'm not even talking about the 85. outwardly admitting that they had sex i'm not even talking about that i'm just talking about mm. the initial kiss scene mm. this one was a lot more glamorous they're all dialed up in mm. the movie theater that one was just kind of like yo i don't know what i'm doing i don't know what i'm feeling but this woman is literally taking interest in me and telling me i'm beautiful and like yeah. It seemed it. I, I like the the humility of the first one, but this one was nice too because, like I said, it was like, oh, Silly, Silly seemed more confident. It seemed like we're giving Silly the things she did not get in the original film. Yeah, which is hope or love or anything, or just her. I don't know. She seemed. She didn't like you said. She didn't seem as such a simpleton as the first one. Yeah, no. Even though she wasn't was. a simpleton, she seemed. She, I I guess we saw Seely's desires a bit more as opposed to things happening to Seely and Seely finding out about I don't know how to describe it. No, that that, that makes sense. Yeah. It feels like she wanted the relationship with Suge. Whereas in the first one she didn't know she wanted a relationship with Suge until Suge turned, turned her, her out. out. Yeah. yeah, exactly. <laughs> so But um one thing I did not like, I, I thought it was so anticlimactic, like I said before, Suge and her father coming together. Well yeah, I, I thought in the original one, they did they did a better <laughs> job of them coming together. But Trey, the, do you want to? Sorry. What was I talking about? I don't know. You saw Megan the Stallion on the screen, and then you got distracted. I did. 
Um, You're talking about Sugar and her dad. Yeah. Okay. Because I feel like in the original one, literally, like, there was just, it was well established that there was tension between her and her father. Mm-hmm. She'll come to the church, be like, hey, Pa, he won't talk to her. In the bathtub, she was, well, she said it too. She said it too in the newer one. She said, yeah, my knew, daddy loved me. Yeah, you you knew that you didn't. But it, it just seemed so rushed. I don't know. Like the first one, the foundation was really laid that her daddy was not talking to her. And she made multiple attempts to reach out to him. And he yeah. just, it had a profound effect on her. Yeah. So that ending scene, when they all came singing to the church, you're like, finally. Yeah. He sees her. He's accept her. He forgives mm-hmm. her. This was kind of like they sung one song and on the piano and that was it. Yeah. I'm just like, okay. No, this is they, a musical. This is a musical. Yeah. And, yeah. How does a musical number in a movie that's not a musical bigger than the movie that's supposed to be a musical? <laughs> no, you're right. You're right. I think, I think one, they were trying to save her from singing too, too much. Girl, she sounded, uh, listen, sounded, she sounded decent. She sounded fine. She sounded fine. But, yeah yeah no i agree i think i think that i don't know i I think they were trying to prevent her from from singing and i think that prevent taraji from singing too much yes yeah because there were even when she was shook i thought that she didn't sing nearly as much as she should okay have sung okay even though she sounded great to me i thought she did too yeah but it was obvious when Fantasia finally opened up towards the end of the movie that she was the best singer, maybe her and Tamala in the, in the whole thing. Yeah. You know? Yeah. But, but so what would you, uh, how would you rate this movie on a popcorn scale? On the popcorn scale, a medium bag of popcorn. Medium. Why medium? A medium bag. Because, like I said, 12,000 times. The choreography is A1. The visuals are beautiful. And they're hopeful. Even in a very depressing movie like this, how the way the movie looks just gives you hope. It's it's just beautiful to look at. The casting, who doesn't love Fantasia, Taraji, mm-hmm. like Daniel Brooks. I've seen her in other things, but every time I see her, she's good. You know, and the color purple, depressing as it may be, it's a good story. It's hard. It's a hard story to mess up. Yeah. So, I think the casting did it really well. Picking, choosing people who mostly look like their original cast. Yeah. And choosing people who I believe are close to how they were originally written in the book. So, yes, I I enjoy myself. Would I watch it again? Absolutely, I'll watch it again. You know, it was really fun to see. It makes me want to see it on Broadway. But it gets a medium bag of popcorn and not a large bag of popcorn because for like the reason I said, it felt rush. Yeah. It felt like they treated the viewers as if you guys know the story. You've seen it before. Let's go on when it's like, this is your time to retell it and to re-familiarize us with it. And I don't think y'all did that well. I feel like there were a lot of missed opportunities for the music. A lot of missed opportunities for the music. So many. And... Yeah, that's my two biggest qualms. But wouldn't be a big thing if this wasn't a musical. Like I said, I felt like this movie couldn't decide if it wanted to be a musical or not. So that's why I get a meat in the back of popcorn. Still a watch that, John. Go watch it. But um, like I, it just wasn't what I expected. You have big powerhouse names like this in music, and it just didn't deliver to me. 
And um, yeah, and like I said, I, I hate a movie that I feel like isn't paced well. I'm not saying it isn't paced well. It just could have been paced better in my opinion. So medium back for me. What do you think? Um, I'll probably give it a medium as well. Uh, I think the content is still pretty heavy. I, I was still kind of traumatized by the the ice cream scene where oh my god Sophia's where Sophia was essentially just didn't want to be this white lady's maid you know and she was in prison in that small little cell for six years that scene hurt as bad as the original yeah it did even though Sophia's eye wasn't as busted Busted up up. as Oprah's was it's still I cried yeah. I did tear up when she was in that jail cell and she just she was she was like Seely please don't leave. Yeah. Seely came every day. I every was just week, like yeah. she's she has such a servant's heart. Like she's just Seely, I mean, like yeah, yeah, that that was good. That was one thing I think was on par with the original film. Yeah. No, I agree. But I don't know. I thought the music was great. I thought the choreography was great. I caught myself singing. Mm-hmm. Not singing, dancing. I didn't know the words to sing it. Mm-hmm. Um, I thought the acting was really good. Yeah. There were some, like I said, some awkward parts. I was like, ah, that's a little corny. Mm-hmm. But some of our parts more than made up for it. Um, just, I also like the forgiveness, that tone of it. It was very Christian tone, very uh, spiritual tropes feel. Even when the actors were talking about it um, in the interviews, they also talked about how much this movie was um, blessed. It wasn't, they didn't say blessed, they said ordained. Anointed or something Anointed. like that. There we go. Well, it makes sense because when the book starts off, the first thing Silly says is, Dear God. Yeah. So she said, I just need someone to explain what's happening to me. So I think it's a plea to God. Like it's her having a conversation with God and trying to figure out what's going on in her life and yeah. get some clarity. So it does make sense that this movie has a lot of spiritual undertones. Not even undertones, it's right, it's front and center. Yeah. So I guess the execution, I would give a large, in my opinion. Right. I thought they did the musical really well. Um, I didn't mind the pacing because the movie's long. Um, anyway, so I didn't necessarily want it longer. But I'll give it a medium because, like I said, the content, the heart of it, the color purple. Like See, that said, doesn't that doesn't ruin it for me because, like, I would give the original a large bag of popcorn, even yeah. though I hate it, because it's still it's still a good movie. It's a good movie. It's just terrible. Yeah, but so I'm not I gonna guess, diminish it just because it's terrible. No, I guess so. I guess then I'll give it a large then. Okay. On that, on that, because I have no reason not to give it. A large I think people should go watch it I yeah. think it should I think it's worthy to be one of the biggest Christmas movies I think the last 14 years or so so yeah go watch that John it's a good movie guys I, it's a good movie I had a good time it's just I wouldn't give it a large that's all I'm saying yeah okay well thank you guys for listening to another episode of watch that John podcast um, this episode was recorded a live well in person yeah, we don't do that often. Yeah, we don't do it often, but we're together. Because you for, live in Oklahoma. Yeah, we're together at the holidays and right outside the city of brotherly love. So please be on the lookout for uh, other episodes coming soon. You can listen to us on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, where else you find your podcasts. And I know we've been releasing episodes late. Bear with us. The holidays have been dragging us by our edges. So we've just been st- like scrambling to get these episodes done so we apologize for the delay yeah and we'll come back stronger in 2024 hopefully no promises <laughs> but thanks for listening i'm james bye Bye. that's mary oh <laughs> <laughs>